Covered in Glory is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Covered in Glory. Contrary to what you might have heard on every other show on the Extra Points Network, I am still alive after our trip to Vegas. <laughs> I finally got to hang out with the legendary Brett Coraminos, and we spent a lot of excellent time with our fans. Special shout out to Sergio Miguel, the brothers that came in from Sacramento, who are both Arsenal and Mexico fans. So I don't know what's worse, rooting for Mexico or living in Sacramento, but those guys are doing both. Uh, so, Brett, how did you enjoy your time in Vegas? Tell the people how you experienced the event. Well, I mean, it was great to meet the crew, everybody in person. Um, as I joked, I, I'm kind of the black sheep of the crew, the random soccer guy in the network. Um, but it, it was fun. I, I, the live events, I hope anybody that's listening, if you get a chance to do it, um, I think we're going to, I mean, I don't want to speak for Toby, but I think there's going to be more down the pipeline. Um, it was a lot of fun. The crew is great to hang with. It's fun to talk sports with everybody. It's a bunch of like-minded people. Um, I think anybody who's a sports fan, anybody who listens to the shows, the networks, uh, I know Toby and I are always happy to talk soccer. Uh, Toby and I will, will talk to random strangers that probably don't even speak English and talk soccer to them. Um, so, I mean, definitely if you get chances, please come down, uh, please interact with us. We both need friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but no, it was great. I, I had a great time with the network. It, it was, it's a great group of people. I mean, these are the type of people everybody should be rooting for. Um, I'm the kind of the exception to the rule in that sense, but, um, but it, it was, it was awesome. This great is a great group. I'm everybody is how they are. Like they are on the shows. Uh, and Harry is a legend. And more, what did I tell you, Toby? It's more myth than man. He is definitely more myth than man at this point. Uh, and he's even more weed than myth. So that stacks <laughs> out pretty well. Um, yeah. Anybody listen to minus three, you heard Hench give me the bad goat of the week for my Saturday performance. Uh, I got off the plane. I went to one of my favorite hollowed places, which is Ellis Island Casino in Vegas to play blackjack. I just love the vibe at that place. Uh, I had a lot of stress to blow off i am the father of three i have a lot of job responsibilities and i am unfortunately a chelsea fan who might get relegated if they keep this form up so i kind of went a little bit overboard ended up uh not making the staff party that i had planned and paid for and he gave me the bad goat but i gotta say hench it was such an unoriginal comparison if i have to hear myself compared to jimmy kimmel one more time i just can't take it all i ever get is jimmy kimmel and like brad pitt and troy you're one of the best writers in hollywood come up with something that nobody tells me every moment of my life do it better, Hench. You can do it. Uh, yeah. I, right. I mean, the one thing I do have to say, Toby, is definitely for the first few hours that I was in Vegas when you weren't responding because we didn't know if you were dead in a ditch somewhere. I honestly thought it might have been an elaborate plank where you just flew me out there to sit in a hotel room facing the wall. But, <laughs> you know, it turned out to be great. So... Well, the funny thing is, is like nobody heard the rest of the story, which is I woke up right after the staff party ended 
I came downstairs and I hung out with you for like three hours talking about soccer. So uh, take that, take that as a real comeback story, guys. I had a day where I flew into Vegas. I played so much blackjack and, and drank a little bit too much that I had to go and sleep it off. And then I got right back up and talked about soccer for another three hours with Brett. That is a day to remember. Yeah. And I mean, remember. listen, and listen, everybody, if, if you guys think that you're like ragers, you got to party with Mikey Meatballs. That guy, our producer here, <laughs> off the chain, just out of control. I mean, we can't even, like, if we had an X-rated podcast, we'd probably still have to censor some of the stuff here. <laughs> oh, man. Meatballs does have a cannon, though. Uh, Brett, you weren't there for the staff football throwing contest where Meatballs unlaunched, like, just absolutely unloaded a missile. He cleared 50 yards, no problem whatsoever, without even warming up. So I don't know what he could do with his feet, but with his arm, he is a legend. All that work in the weight room paying off, man. <laughs> I, can, I need to put in about 30, 40 years, and maybe I can keep up with him because my throw was <laughs> less than legendary. I was actually shocked at Harry's form. Can we talk about this? Was this? Can we talk about this for one second? Sure. That was the most surprising thing of the weekend was seeing the video cut out of like Harry's form and being like, "Damn, like Harry looks like he can throw a football around." Yeah. I think. I, I mean, what were the odds of like looking at Harry and not and and seeing him throw a football and being like, "That guy looks like he could actually like be quarterback in a pickup game." I think that would have been serious though. A pickup game. Where's this being played? A Burger King parking lot I mean, adjacent to a Wendy's. You never, lot? you never played like an all-time QB role where there's no rushers. Like Harry could hang in that. Okay, uh, I <laughs> we're getting way far afield, <laughs> but uh, I would love to see an all-time game with Harry as the quarterback. And I am just betting. I, I can I bet against both sides. If he's the quarterback for both sides, how do I bet against? Well, you bet the under. You bet the under is what you do. <laughs> Jesus, it's going to be less scoring than in the soccer games that we watch. Uh, all right. So enough about Vegas. That's not why people tuned in, though. I do hope you'll come out and join us next time. It really was a, a grand time, and we loved interacting with everybody um, and talked a lot of a lot of football, the real version of it that we discuss uh, during the TCU-Georgia game, which was absolutely abysmal. Uh, but let's talk about this upcoming weekend because we have a banger of a Premier League slate, right? Like after the holiday mirage where we had to talk about, you know, games where the Arsenal was playing the 16th or 18th best team in the league. And it was just a bunch of how much our team's going to win by. We have an incredibly competitive weekend plus Chelsea. So let us start with the first game of the weekend, which is, I think, probably the biggest matchup. It is the Manchester Derby. We have Manchester United fourth at 35 points versus Manchester City second at 39 points. This game is Saturday at 7.30 a.m. City is minus 125. United is plus 310. The draw is plus 280. Our friends at Caesars have City minus half a goal at minus 135 and United at plus 105. So, Brandon, in a bit of a shock, City is out of the Carabao Cup that they have dominated over the last decade after losing to Southampton and generating no shots on target. And before that, they drew 1-1 against your terrible Everton team. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marcus Rashford, which we talked about uh, last time we recorded, is on just an absolute tear, scoring in every single game since the World Cup restarted, six straight, and United have won all six. 
They haven't lost in the league since early November, and their worst XG in any of their games since the restart is 1.97. So, Brett, are you going to follow the recent trends here and go with that really tasty plus 310 Manchester United line? No, um, mostly because the information that we have about this recent United team um, is still like kind of spotty. We we haven't seen them play a good football team yet um, in, in this recent run of form, right? Like part of the reason they look so good is they've been playing your, I think the last uh, was, it, I'm going to probably miscount this, but six matches it's been Spurs who we have literally openly talked about. We're going to be fading until they tell us not to uh, your struggling Chelsea team, a West Ham team that's near the bottom of the table, Aston Villa that just, that when they had just fired their manager, I think it was Unai Emery's first game uh, Fulham team, which is, pretty standard mid table team. Uh, and then you got forest wolves and Bournemouth who are the three worst teams in the league and relegation favorites. So I, I am not buying a ton of United stock in terms of, are they ready to challenge one of the best teams in the world right now? Um, so I actually think the valuation of cities, uh, cities line is probably where the value or where the, you know, the most value is. I think they're some of their results. Uh, there's been some, I don't know what's going on with like the Rico Lewis and the Cancelo stuff yet. Um, like we've seen Lewis kind of come on and play that Cancelo role. Obviously you and I have um, basically put Cancelo on our Mount Rushmore of favorite players to watch. Um, and he seems to kind of be an afterthought at this point. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what's going on with city in that regard. I just, I still think the city team is great. Um, I, I mean, obviously we, we know Arsenal's at the top of the league right now, but Nothing that's happened. The Everton result was more fluky um, than anything. Obviously, it's concerning whenever City has no shots and loses to Southampton. Um, but it was kind of a full rotated squad. I mean, or no, I wouldn't say fully half rotated squad. Um, Phillips was in. Cole Palmer was in. Uh, I, I believe that uh, Sergio Gomez finally uh, came back into the starting eleven at left back. Um, I, I think what we're seeing right now is is Pep is. Pep is doing something um, with the rotations and the players and the resting after the world cup. I don't know if this is, you know, he's talking a lot to his medical staff and we're seeing this heavy rotation with some of these guys, especially with Cancelo because they're worried about minutes. Um, I mean, there, there also is the fact that maybe he thinks Cancelo is worn out. He was the most used outfield player last year. We've seen what happened with players like Thomas Sweetcheck. I mean, there's a whole road of players that have been, cast aside from playing too many minutes, but you know, sweet checks, the guy that's that that's jumps out in that conversation where you're talking about a guy that played a ton and now he's fallen off a cliff. Um, so maybe pep is trying to like give guys a little bit of rest. So there's a ton of juice for the champions league push. I still have a ton of faith in this team. That said, I think part of the Southampton result is just a very simple thing. Like Holland and De Bruyne didn't play. Um, that's those two are massively huge for city. Um, I think that's something to think about it when we. But they did the, come on, didn't they? Didn't they come on? Oh yeah, sorry, I meant start. They didn't start the match. They weren't on the pitch from the start. So my kind of thought with City is like the data point I took from the Carabao Cup is like in the minutes that De Bruyne and Holland are not on the pitch, that's something that you and I have to factor in down the road if they're hurt and not playing at all, right? Um, but I still think that they're going to be in the starting eleven. They're getting ready for a big tilt against United. I don't have concerns about city. I think at minus 120, it's one of the better lines that we'll probably ever see from city, probably from here on out. 
um, as far as like outright winning with no spread. Um, and I, I think the only drawback I have is we've made concerns about Everton. Their defense doesn't seem, or I mean about Ederson, um, the Freudian slip with talking about my club and conceding goals. Um, but so I think the big thing for me is going to be, I don't think this is going to be the same shutdown city dominant thing, but I do think they're, they're still the, the much better team. They're still a tier above United, no matter how much United hype that we get. I can't give United a ton of credit for beating the three worst teams in the league. Yeah. It's always great when you just take care of business, but like, am I missing something? Where, where are you at with this? Uh, well, I, I landed the same place you did. I mean, that Everton game where it was a 1-1 draw, Everton had 0.09 XG. Uh, it's almost impossible to have that low XG and still end up with a goal. I mean, mathematically, there's only about eight bips lower that you can go. go. Costa Rica. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it really is wild, right? Like, I, I don't know. Do all your spreadsheets tell you the lowest XG to actually result in a goal in a match? Because this has to be a contender. Uh, and then even though they never hit the target, they had more XG, XG against Southampton. So they're still uh, having significant shot creation. Uh, Grealish looks a little more lively than he's looked in the past. Uh, Foden, I think, is is starting to round into form. And, of course, they still have De Bruyne and Holland and Manchester United don't. So I do like Rashford to score at plus 240. Um, I'm surprised that he's six on the trot and still posting that high a number. I don't know if that is, they just believe this is all a mirage or that's respect for the city defense and Pep's game planning. That I imagine is just going to be centered around taking Rashford out of the match. Well, I, um, I think, I think it actually might have to do with, with Rashford's a little on a little bit of a hot streak with his finishing right now. Um, so he's probably a guy that's actually a little overvalued in that regard, but not at plus two forty eight. He overvalued plus two forty. You score six matches in a row at plus two forty. Like you're living in Vegas. Like you well, retire betting that. So so Rashford's um, non penalty xg is about 0.37, which is more like pretty good scoring winger than like outright striker type of like xg that you want from a guy. So I think plus two forty is probably still a little high. I mean. I don't know. I, I love Rashford. I love this comeback. Don't get me wrong. I, I still think he's good. I like that. I, I still think the number is like playable. Um, but I also think he is probably a guy right now that we're seeing that's a little bit overvalued, especially since they did move him to the wing where he is going to be doing more advancing the ball up the pitch than being central. So uh, I guess this will probably be a starting 11 bet. I think plus 240 is great if we see him up the middle. Um, I don't know if it's a great number if we see him on the left on the left wing. All, right. All I know is the last time I or the first show after the World Cup, I said bet Rashford every single game on the anytime goal. And anybody who listened to me is looking to buy Manchester United right now. And I'm listening <laughs> to you say that's a bad bet. Uh, so I do like Rashford. Uh, but the one I really like besides City at minus 125, which I agree with you is a better value than you can expect to get them otherwise, is City to win and both teams to score is also plus 240. Ah, oh, Toby, you're killing me. You're, you're reading my notes to see through. Um, no, that was my that was my prop too. So well, good, looking good. Uh, I hope I don't see it in your five pint because it's definitely going to be in mine. I think it's possible through multiple avenues here. I think Manchester United does have enough quality that they can get a goal here, and uh, City has shown the ability to leak one in a competitive match. And as I've talked about before, if they get up, you know, a couple goals in the second half, they often switch off and allow that equalizer to come in. So to get plus two forty on that rather than just getting minus one twenty for the straight money line, I think is good value. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of the same way as you. This just isn't 
this just isn't the same city team. And, and I'm not sure the models have caught up with that. We've seen a ton of rotation in terms of their back four. Um, I mean, I can't even think of the number of starting combinations that we've seen with the four defenders that city has played this year with Laporte being out and then Walker being out and uh, Gomez being out. Like it's just been a constant shuffle. Like I think Nathan Aki's played every, everywhere. Natan Aki um, has played anywhere, but like right back. Um, you know, we've seen a kanji play everywhere. Like they're all over the place in terms of that back line. And I think that's a problem. And then I've mentioned this before on the pod, like we're going to start having a conversation about Ederson shot stopping. He's, he's at minus 1.7 points, uh, post shot XG this year, which like, isn't great. Like, it's not like horrible. It's not, you know, he's bottom of the league by any stretch of the imagination, but that's also not good from the caliber that we, uh, of goalie that I think his reputation um, kind of puts him in. Like Ederson is incredible with the ball to speed. You're looking for a keeper that's going to spray a 60 yard pass up to the wing and start a break or beat a press, the high press, like Ederson's your guy. When it comes to straight shot stopping, I think as we see like kind of the foundation, I don't necessarily crumble, but shift around him and city start giving up not only higher quality chances, but just generally maybe more shots. We're going to continue to have this conversation about Everton giving up goals on shots that he shouldn't. And that's a perfect thing to bet when you're betting city matches now, because the last two years they have been locked down. If this was last year, city versus this year, United, I would be all over clean sheet bets constantly. But this one I saw plus 240 and I thought it was absolutely great because as you said, this year in particular, they 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 get up those 2-0 leads where they used to shut the game out. That become that's become 2-1 a lot recently. Yeah. Well, you said Everton again there at the end about shots that shouldn't go in that I know uh, that just... do, but you should be able to tell the difference because Everton gives up goals. They should over and over again, which is why they might be <laughs> in the relegation contention yet again, Brad. I don't know how you keep watching that team switch the leads already. Uh, all right. So the Manchester Derby, I mean, this is, that's a real powerhouse matchup. I think Arsenal and Manchester City have a pretty strong claim to be one and two. But after that, with Liverpool's struggles, which we're going to talk about here in a second, um, United have a decent shout to be the third best team in the league right now. So get up on Saturday, watch that match and, and soak it in. Those teams really don't like each other. Uh, should be a great one. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to Liverpool and their alleged struggles. Have you been betting with the Caesar Sportsbook and Casino app? If so, keep it up because every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means win or lose, you're getting closer to amazing perks like game tickets, free stays, bonuses, and more. And if not, well, when you get started, your first bet is on Caesars. Register with promo code OmahaFull and place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, You'll get your stake back as a free bet. 21 years plus only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 or more wager only must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit. 
$1,250 must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. And we are back and heading to Brighton, who are eighth at 27 points. versus Liverpool at seventh at 28 points. This game is right after the Manchester Derby, Saturday at 10 a.m. Our friends at Caesars have Liverpool at plus 102, Brighton at plus 245. The draw is plus 260. Liverpool minus half a goal is minus 105, and Brighton is minus 125. So, Brett, Poole got drilled by Brentford 3-1, to one, and they couldn't beat Wolves either despite playing in a full-strength lineup. Now Van Dyke is out for a while, and Nunez, to my eye, continues to struggle. Uh, with you know their key guy at the back and their key guy at the front, not available in top form. Are you adjusting your Liverpool expectations that you had so high coming out of the World Cup? Or are you still riding with the boys over in Merseyside? Uh, can we say I don't know on this pod? Is that okay? Um, well, you I, always I, take the coward's way out. So I expect I do. I, I do. Yeah, this is very true. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm getting there. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. I'm definitely getting to the point where I, I am thinking long and hard about what we talked about on the first pod back where we, we kind of looked at Liverpool as a shoe in. I thought they would do it and get there a lot differently than we've seen. Um, I mean, this is definitely another one where we say what a difference a year makes, right? Like if we talked about this match, Brighton Liverpool last year at this time with the way that Brighton was defending and the way that Liverpool was defending when Fabinho and Thiago were on the pitch, we would be talking about unders and clean sheets and Liverpool controlling the match. And this match is going to be the exact opposite because Liverpool isn't controlling anything. They just lost their best center back. Um, and Deserby's uh, approach at Brighton has been wide open and they've conceded a ton of goals lately. I just think this is going to be kind of like 
the epitome of where Liverpool season is going to be. This is going to be a helter skelter game. There are going to be a lot of goals. And I think it's just going to be, can Liverpool like ride the variance? Basically that's going to be the difference now. Like I, I don't think they have an edge in terms of their performance. I think like this is now we're talking about like Liverpool is going to need to get lucky. You know, they're going to have to win wow. games of equal shot creation that they maybe should have drawn or could have lost. They're going to have to catch a little bit of luck here, here and there. And, and in this Brighton game in, in particular, like there's going to be chances on both sides. This is so different. Like it's like, we talked about this before of like the slow process of how different this team is now. I mean, I'm looking at these lines and it's like the Liverpool come from behind and win both teams to score. Like it, these are just so weird to look at this between a Brighton Liverpool match, you know, where, as to where we were like a year from this time. Well, the value is uh, not there in, in um, both teams to score and like the over. Yeah. yeah the, the finally, finally up, yeah. the lines have adjusted to the Brighton style right now, because I think both of those were like, uh, I was looking at like minus 170, minus 180. I mean, they're putting huge juice if you want to play bets that are usually closer to minus 110. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm specifically saying is I wouldn't even have looked probably at those lines because I wouldn't have even considered that there's enough value to bet them. But now it's like, that's the first thing I'm going to, which is just, it says a lot to me about where Liverpool is right now as a team. That the so, first thing I'm going to is a both teams to score line against Brighton. So let's speak about them in Champions League. Uh, do you think that they're going to be on the outside looking in with Chelsea and Tottenham and we're looking at City, Arsenal, Newcastle, United? I think so. I mean, I God, I hate like overreacting this early in the year um, on the coming back from the World Cup, but like no Van Dyke, no Jota, um, no Diaz, probably for the rest of the season. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit about Gakpo, like he's probably not going to be some savior or solution. He's just going to be a guy that they're hoping eats up minutes at a decent level. Uh, they're in trouble. I mean, this is this is trouble. Like this is fifth place might be like a pretty good result at this point here. Um, it's, uh, it's just weird. It's very jarring, man. <laughs> it's life comes at you fast, I guess. Well, uh, what line are you playing in this game? So this one, I, I I'm still going, I, this is a kind of more a bet. I, I just am not, I'm not super impressed with Brighton since Potter left. I, I think it's great that deserve playing more attacking football. Potter's matches were, you know, more control, very boring. It's kind of fun to watch him, you know, play a little more open, see the creativity and some more fluidity in the attack. Um, you know, Pascal Gross is still a pretty good player when he gets on the ball. Like, that's kind of been fun to watch. They got some young guys that are getting minutes that are interesting. Um, but I, I still think Liverpool just has the better talent. I mean, Salah and Nunez in an open game. Like, don't I know? I know we've talked about Nunez struggling. He, he hasn't been matching his XG, but like, wouldn't you trust those two in an open game? And that's kind of where I went to um, and at Liverpool at plus one Oh eight. So uh, I mean, yeah, I I'm still going Liverpool money line. I'm here. I am doing this again, where I basically talk smack about him for 10 minutes and then I turn around and bet him. Well, I think in a game like this, that's going to be so open and um, you don't have overly clinical finishers or defending on either side. I just think all three results are certainly in play. And as a result, I'm taking Brighton plus the half a goal because that way you get two of the three results at almost even money. You get it at minus 125. So I'm not, it's not a full fade Liverpool, but in a game that I think, you know, could have four or five, six goals in it, I just like being able to have two of the three uh, possibilities. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, like I totally see that bet. Um, I guess my, my main philosophy, I didn't want to take the cowards way out again. Um, just, you know, cause you bully me so much now. Um, so you so, opened your whole monologue with a coward's way out of not even giving an opinion. That's smart. Cause now the way I definitely will never bully you on the show. <laughs> never, never. You never do it. You never take shots at me. It's all right. Um, my therapist never has to hear about you. Um, no, but I, I think the thing that I, that we did talk about um, in terms of like getting creative with betting Liverpool and it did pay off, obviously, was to come from behind winner draw bets with Liverpool. And because yep. this one is away and because this is going to be a random game where we could see lead chains like three times, um, Liverpool is plus 700 to come from behind and win. So you talked about the lack of value. With to to outright win or do you get the draw as well? To, to come out, 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 outright win. So it's a little okay. higher, obviously, a lot more variance in that type of bet. I just thought it had the best value because um, I definitely see this as a match where they score first, Brighton comes back with a couple of goals and Liverpool comes back with two more type of thing. Like this is the type of match we're going to be seeing. Um, and like I said, I could see three lead changes in this match at some point. So plus 700, like this, this mat, that match happens like one out of every three or four times to me. Um, and so I like the plus 700 for Liverpool to come from behind and win. Yeah. I don't know what the winner draw is. If that's like plus 400, that's probably what I would play, but I, I, I obviously love the think, plus 700. I, think, I, love I think it was right around plus 400 um, plus like 425 somewhere in there. Cool. So we keep talking about the number of goals that are going to happen in this match. So of course, what I pulled up was the anytime goal scorers. Um, Salah and Nunez are both plus 160. Uh, I not taking Nunez, even though I do like that number. I mean, a plus next to the guy is probably going to get off five or six shots in this match is a really nice number, but I'm going to play the Salah one. Um, I really like it. Brighton had a ton of trouble with Saka on New Year's Eve, and they just didn't seem to be able to handle his pace and creativity coming down the right. So I expect more of the same here. And I think uh, Liverpool doesn't want the season to slip away. I think we're going to see a full-throated effort from Salah in an open game. And so to get him in plus numbers to find at the back of the net feels nice to me. Yeah, and and I mean the 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 obvious factor is the Salah is going to be taking penalties, and in an open game uh, where Brighton might be defending some counters, and Nunez, one thing he's going to do is he's going to get on the ball in the penalty area, in those transition phases. Salah at plus one sixty for Lewis Dunk to stick a leg out or something. I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to the one that I've been dreading. Uh, oh, Chelsea tenth and twenty five. Points versus Crystal Palace, 12th at 22 points, Sunday at 9 a.m. Chelsea is minus 150. Palace is plus 420. The draw is plus 270. I did check those odds after today's game. Uh, Chelsea minus half a goal is minus 145. Palace is 115. I'm on tilt, Brett. I'm on tilt. Everything you're about to say is pure emotion and not logic. I am absolutely outraged as a Chelsea fan, and I don't even know how to process my feelings. So I'm going to do it on a live mic with everybody listening, which is obviously always a great idea. Super healthy uh, emotionally. I like it. Let's go. Today's game was so freaking frustrating uh, as a fan. I mean, the whole the whole Chelsea experience is just absolutely miserable right now. So like it crystallized in the game today. So first half, 1.5 XG, no goals. Fulham, one shot from the ghost of William, takes a deflection, goes in, <laughs> and we're down 1-0, right? We're down 1-0 after generating 1.5 XG to a bunch of bums that we were dominating. So what happens in the second uh. half? We get the equalizer. 
Koulibaly like slaps one in after Mount hits a nice free kick, surprising everybody that bounced off the post. Then what happens immediately after? The one bright spot we've had in the last two weeks has been Zakaria and the way he's come on and kind of way outperformed expectations. So, of course, he's immediately injured and might be out for the season. Who knows now? And then what happens after that? Oh, that guy that you just spent, you know, $11 million in a loan fee and probably $6 million on salary for to play in half of your Premier League games, who's been Jao Felix, who's been clearly, clearly the best player on the pitch. It wasn't even close. He was the best player really on good. the pitch on yeah. either side. He looked incredible. He looked like we had Eden Hazard back. He was the creative element that we have been missing for years and years. So 58 minutes into the game, he takes a straight red. It's probably going to be hit with violent contact. And three of the 18 games that he's going to be played for, he's going to be suspended and left him for 10 in this one. Beautiful. Way to go. And then Keppa. He wanders out for a nice stroll in the park like an old man off to feed the freaking ducks and lets a routine cross and header that should have been nothing beat the Blues. And that's after last week when he lets another cross on the ground slide by his right hand, which he pulls back to escort the goal in to lose us against City. So he needs to get the hell out of my life. Whew. Meanwhile, of course, we find one of the best managers on the planet to spend a record fee on a guy who made a freaking quadruple change with 10 minutes left, signaling to the entire world that he has no idea whatsoever what to do and was going to just bet the board like Harry playing roulette or then stare bewildered out at the result and slack-jawed like me after, what, my 15th drink at Ellis Island. Shoot every one of these guys into the freaking sun, Brett. My my favorite part of that is that you referred to William as the ghost of William. Um, but yeah, it's 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 incredibly frustrating. I, I've actually never really seen a soccer team deal with as many injuries before, um, which is is really the story of Chelsea at this point. Like it's I know you're frustrated, obviously, with Potter. And I, and I think there's definitely legitimate gripes there as well. And it's not just an emotional thing. Um but it's also like super hard to evaluate them, right? Because every time you feel like you're getting somewhere, Reese James is out or Conte is out yeah. or now Zakaria is out. And then Jal Felix gets a red card. Like it's, it's like Chelsea, Chelsea has never really had a chance to get going. It's, it's also like, you can't even get a feel for your own team. Cause it seems like from my end, at least from watching them a little bit from the outside, a little more detached. It's like, it's just constant stops and starts with like different players that are in and then out. And then they're there again, and then they're out again, or they're playing poorly, or they do something dumb. It's just been, I, I mean, I know it's just, it's a lame, like, descriptor with after your epic rant, but, like, it's just been so oh, I'm not done ranting. I'm it's not done so, ranting. It's so disjointed. I, I've never yeah. seen, uh, it, after, like, Chelsea being a model of consistency for that first, what, like, six months under Tuchel, where it was just, like, they're coming into the game, shutting it down teams aren't taking shots to get them they're playing this back three like there's a clear plan they're going to excel defensively and just try to eke out enough in the attack it is like i have no idea what's going on in any chelsea match none zero like it's impossible the, to tell the amount of bad luck that they are having right now is like it's it's staggering like in order to have this much bad luck and be this cursed i assume you would have to like buy a monkey paw and use it to slap a gypsy we could 
we couldn't be more cursed right now. We have 10 players injured that have like a billion dollars of transfer value. It's a, it's like the old Simpsons episode, the softball episode where Mr. Burns buys nine major league baseball players, like beat the power plant across the street and eight of them get injured, leaving it all up to Homer. And for what it's worth, I'd rather have Homer Simpson in goal than Keppa. Like give me anybody, give me a cartoon middle-aged fat man rather than that bum right now. And that's not, that's not even getting into who's left standing. Like, forget all the injuries. Like, of course, that's frustrating. Of course, like, we have 10 guys injured. Like, our training our training room is bursting at the seams. And they're all legitimate, like, international class starters um, for almost any club in, in the world. Like, let's just talk about who's left. Kukurea was $60 million to back up an 18-year-old who can't finish a sitter. Like Jorginho is shopping for houses in Italy right now and is completely checked out. Havertz kicks the ball straight at the goalie every single time. Like he thinks that's what we get points for. Like he thinks the point of the game is to hit the goalie like it's some sort of like dunking booth at the counting fair. <laughs> our our best player is Thiago Silva. He's four years younger than me, and I just did permanent damage to my shoulder trying to throw a football twenty yards, Brett. And that's after spending a trillion dollars. We spent a trillion dollars to get this collection of jackasses. It's maddening. None of this would be happening if Azpilicueta and William had not driven that car off that cliff. <laughs> no way he's still alive, right? There's no way Azpilicueta is still alive. Oh. Re- they're reanimating him and putting him on like some sort of track up and down the right that just runs straight and goes back at medium speed. I mean, like, if you told me that he was a carnival game himself, I would absolutely believe you. He's like one of those targets that you shoot at, right? And it just speeds back and forth. That's all he's capable of doing at this point, and he can't even do it well. It's happened, Brett. We are Manchester United. We are Manchester United. I was United. just going to say. We are Manchester United. I've been Put thinking, should I say that to you or not during this rant? And since you've just said it, I was like, sorry, Toby, but I think that's what the case is right now. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Give me Palace plus a, a half a goal at plus 115. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, since my job is supposed to be diving into the spreadsheets here, the, the weird kind of like macro view of what's happened, especially in the Potter era, is like they played well or they played decent. They got really lucky results and then they played poorly and still kind of eked out some things. And now they're playing like, okay, but they're also getting unlucky with injuries and results. Um, You know, you mentioned today, like, I think they outshot him, what, like 20 to eight today too, as well, even being down a man. Because Felix got sent off in like the 58th minute, somewhere around the 60th minute. And they yeah. still out there, outshot a team by double digits. I, I'm confused. I can't remember the 15th minute. Was Zaccario getting injured or Felix uh, getting sent Yeah, off. there's a lot they're, going on. They, they were within about two minutes. There's a lot of trauma, and I don't want you to have to recall this anymore, um, especially since you you had your, your epiphany that you are now Manchester United. Um, but, but I do think like that's – this is the going to be the issue when you ever see, you see kind of like the – weird transfer policy that's come around. Obviously, since the sale of the owner, Tuchel trying to get guys like Obama Yang, which that, again, oh my jokingly God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know, I, I know. I didn't even Obama Yang. I know, I know. I shouldn't have even mentioned his name. I don't Obama, get... Obama Yang makes me miss Lukaku. <laughs> well, I have to say, when I was texting with one of my, uh, friend of mine, I don't, I, want to give, I don't want to say this is my original thing, but the whole transfer saga of Guy leaves Barcelona for a transfer fee at uh, 10 million and then goes back to the club that sold them six months later on a free. Like, 
FIFA 23 doesn't even allow that to happen because it's too unrealistic. And yet here we are, um, you know, and, and one of our favorites, you know, from the pod here, friends of the pod, Ryan O'Hanlon wrote a, a big article for ESPN kind of about Chelsea's recent transfer bias and the, the very, very mixed results that they've gotten from that. Um, and this is kind of the reaping what you sow kind of thing with that stuff is they, they missed, they took some gambles on guys like Fofana um, that have not worked out. They listened, they let Tuchel kind of, how do we know if it's worked out? Yeah. How do we well, know? Like he's been on the trainer's table the entire time since he got to Chelsea. We don't know if that's worked out or not. I mean, not in the short term, but like I haven't written off Fofana yet, but we can't get him on the field. Well, well that, that would be kind of what the point was, is he had a, a little bit of an injury history, obviously broke his leg in a really nasty thing. Never really had like a long stretch of time to evaluate whether this is going to affect him, what it's going to cost. Other Can injuries. I pay him an extra 20 million to break Kepa's leg? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Kepa Mendy thing is also kind of a reactionary thing. And this is where, where a legitimate critique of Potter comes in, right? Like Mendy looks really bad, but he's clearly a better shot stopper than Kepa. He's better around goal, stopping crosses, things like that. But he had very shaky moments, especially with the ball at his feet. He basically gave up like a straight up goal when one of the matches, which I'm now forgetting because it happened a couple of times. But and then there was the reactionary move. OK, he's struggling to go to Kepa. We know what Kepa is. Like, we know what Kepa is. He, he's a player that is classic, plays well at the ball at his feet, looks nice playing from out of the back, really struggles as a shot stopper, was epically bad stopping shots from outside the box. Like, this is a this is a thing where you kind of look at Grant Potter and you say, okay, like, we know what this guy is. We get that Mendy was struggling. Maybe the solution is you need to go away from both of them, but probably not sticking to your guns with Kepa is not a solution here, right? And and that's and that's where it's tough being a fan of a team, right? It's like you see all this other stuff that's going on that the manager can't control. And then one of the things that he can control, he's making the wrong decision and it's just kind of exacerbating everything else that's going on around him. So it, it doesn't look great. I, I mean, I, I think in maybe next year, you know, we could see a little bit of a revival. Everybody's healthy. They have a full complement and Potter's got a whole off season. They maybe get some more transfer additions. One of the young guys takes off, but you know, I don't it, want any more transfer additions. I don't want any more. Like they are excellent when they play uh, elsewhere. They are horrible at Chelsea, and we sell them, and they're excellent again. Do you know twenty six former Chelsea players have scored against Chelsea, which is by far the most of anybody in the Premier League? Twenty six times, Brent. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of times. Um, but I mean, look, it, the the big part about this is, I think I think two things stand out to me. One. Can you give your pick so I can get to Ellis Island and, and drink myself into a <laughs> Go nap? Back, I, what, to, to I, I, can't, I can't talk about them much longer. So get, right, get well, to your we'll pick. pick. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one here because I am taking the coward's way out. Crystal Palace has not been impressive to me, and despite Chelsea's struggles, they are still probably at least on the Palace level. So the draw plus two seventy looks good to me. And then I, like I said, Palace has had a ton of attacking troubles. Zaha is still one of their better attackers on the wrong side of 30 for a player that plays like he does. Um, other than that, I don't know who really scores goals for palace anymore. Or it's a constant threat on goal. And so the Chelsea clean sheet of plus plus one eleven, and they would have had one today without the craziness that went on. It was pretty clear. They would have shut down Fulham without a deflected goal and a player getting sent off. Um, so, I mean, as much as I don't trust Keppa, who might've probably played his match, or at least I'm hoping for your perspective, Mendy's back in goal. Plus 11 is still pretty good value given the quality of chances they've given up. Um, so Many still are, hurt. You're worried with oh, Keppa. Many oh, still so has uh, his, his finger still recovering. 
he's still he's still got the finger issue. Okay. So well, yeah. I mean, even that that still, you got to bet the balance of chances with a full complement of players. They had Fulham shut down. Fulham got really lucky to score both goals. Obviously, one was a direct result of a couple mistake, but plus one plus one eleven, pretty good value against a Chelsea yeah. team that just doesn't have good attackers. Yeah, my prop is over fourteen point five Tuchel chance. Uh, it's minus ten thousand, but I say lay the juice because I think that's <laughs> way too low. For so, like thirteen months ago, Chelsea was number one in the league. Abramovich was the owner. Tuchel was the manager, and we were holding the champ. We were the holders of the Champions League. That's how fast life comes at you, Brett. Um, so neither team score. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm so on tilt. Uh, neither team to score two goals which I was shocked at. Uh, they have Caesars has a line race to two goals. And one of the sides you could take is neither. So if neither team has two, two goals, neither takes it. That is plus one thirty five, Brett. Ooh. So if you don't like crystal palace to score whatsoever, even with an uh, overgrown sex doll and goal. Um, and and <laughs> Chelsea has nine of his last 10 games. They haven't scored two goals in the premier league. You can get plus one thirty five for neither team to get there. I love this bet. Wow, that is a great line. Yeah, that's uh, that seems very misvalued. <laughs> so right. I'm assuming that's gonna, we're going to be seeing that in the final. Oh, line. very misvalued, like every one of Chelsea's transfers. So it's right on, <laughs> right on par. All right, let's take a break so I can recover, and then we'll come back with what's the second best game of the weekend. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, we are back, and we got one more game before I go find my feelings in the bottom of a glass of whiskey. Uh, that game is the North London Derby, so a hell of a one to go out on. This would have been the first match talked about in about any other show we do all year, uh, but with Manchester leading off the weekend, the North London Derby concluded the weekend, all the football playoff action, kiss your family goodbye, tell them you'll see them on Sunday night. Uh, Tottenham fifth at 33 points, Arsenal first at 44 points. This game is Sunday at 1130 a.m. Arsenal is plus 114, Tottenham is plus 225, the draw is plus 250. Arsenal minus half a goal is plus 105, the Spurs are minus 135. So, Brett, we have talked a lot about fading the Spurs coming out of the World Cup, and then they go out and thrash Palace four to zero. Did that give you any reason to stop fading them? 
No, I mean, I think it's one of those things that's more reflective of Crystal Palace than it is of uh, Spurs, um, especially when you looked at the underlying numbers. They scored four goals on about 1.4 expected goals. Um, so clearly there was some extremely hot finishing that was going on. Um, you know, if, if we look at it as like a 1-0 win or a 2-0 win against a struggling Palace team, we're probably not even really changing our opinion that much. Um you know, so because as much as we talk about Spurs struggling, right? Like it's all relative. They're struggling compared to the big six or seven in the Premier League. Every other team that's behind them is still a, a very big step below, right? Um, so I mean, I don't know. I, I I just think like where Spurs are at right now, it seems like they're just kind of reaching to find something that works. Like Brian Gill was in the in the lineup to try to give him a spark. I mean, that I don't know if like desperation comes at you in a lot of forms, but that's just kind of was the one that hit me when I saw him in the starting 11. Um, and there's really nothing about Arsenal. Like we, we've been worried about what the drop-off without Jesus was going to look like, but we haven't seen it yet, um, really. I mean, obviously, they it was a really weird match where the ball was in play against Newcastle, I think, like, 60 minutes out of the 90. Um, so, but they played a, a really good Newcastle team, even um, obviously it was at home. So it's probably a disappointing result for them to get that draw, but the other matches, other than that, they've taken care of business and they've been the, clearly the better team. Um, and so I think combining the two, if you kind of look at like the palace thing as a data point, that really isn't going to be something that should move you too much on, on Spurs and Arsenal has a bunch of matches where they've looked really good without Jesus I think it all comes up Arsenal, especially given that they're plus money on the money line, right? Am I wrong on that? No, I was thrilled to get them plus money. Um, really actually surprised. I thought it would be minus 105, minus 110 to see plus 114. As soon as I saw it, I knew which way I was going to go. Uh, Kulisevsky and Rickarlison, we I mean, we don't know if we're going to see them on the field and without them, they continue to struggle and if they're going to rely on, you know, Parasic and Doherty to provide creativity and also shut down Saka and Martinelli. I wish them a lot of luck with that. Uh, I think that their wingbacks are going to get absolutely worn out in this game. I think they're not going to be able to come up and provide the support that is necessary to break Arsenal down without Kulisevsky, uh, particularly, you know, also without Rick Carlson to, to spell anybody out. And I think Saka and Martinelli are going to absolutely feast. So I know that there's always the chance that we're going to see some great finishing from Kane. Uh, Son finally, you know, got off the snide, even though he got stonewalled right before that and an easy one-on-one with the keeper. So I'm not ready to declare him back quite yet um i just don't think tottenham have it to keep up with arsenal and arsenal we talked about it a lot um in vegas with you know everybody wanted to talk about soccer with us they deserve so much credit they aren't a fluke like Partey looks the best form he's ever been in his career zaka and odegaard are absolutely balling out and they've managed to ride um the finishing up front without jesus and managed to, to hold serve there. And so if they can do that for another couple of weeks, it, the title race actually becomes interesting. We keep saying that the city team might be the greatest team of all time, but halfway through the season, they ain't going to be in first place and they're out of the Carabao cup. Uh, part of that is, you know, how they played against Southampton. But the other part of that is how Arsenal look. And so I think they're absolutely in form and to get them at a plus number against their bitter rival, against a team missing Kulisevsky, who, in my opinion, is their second most important piece behind Kane. I'm taking the plus money. Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. And there's a guy that you mentioned in that, too, which is Odegaard. And I don't think we we definitely don't. I don't think in general he gets talked about enough. He has been really good 
He's added goals to his game on top of the excellent passing and creation that he, that he does. Like he's really good. I, I mean, he's getting towards top 10 most impactful players in the premier league. Good at this yeah, point. Um, and I it's agree. incredible that Norway has him and Holland on the same team and they don't make world cups. Uh, well, they will when FIFA expands to 90 teams or whatever, but um, they, like he is a guy that, that you talked about how the, you know, maybe the wingbacks on Spurs are going to be in trouble um, trying to stop Martinelli and Saka. Um, you know, Spurs are going to go into this match uh, outnumbered in the midfield. And Martin Odegaard is a guy that I think is going to have a ton of influence on this match. I'm not sure if there's a great value. I looked at kind of the ways that you could bet them. I didn't really find a ton of value in those ways just because like a lot of what Odegaard's value is, is like sort of kind of creating things and moving the ball into dangerous places still mostly. Um, But he is going to be extremely impactful and Spurs just don't have a player like that. The closest would be Kuliszewski, who is not going to be on the pitch. Um, but I think like that's kind of the difference to me in this match too, is you can look at the attackers and Martinelli, um, Nikkei has been great. Obviously he's not Harry Kane, but I think you can kind of look at the attackers across the Boris and say, all things equal, you're going to get about, you know, the same level between uh, Arsenal and Spurs. But the big difference is that Spurs do not have an Odegaard. Um, yeah. and so when you watch these two team plays, that's the edge, that's the advantage. That's where the money line at plus money looks awesome. And then for me, the prop bet, as much as we talk about his influence, is going to be both teams to score no at plus 115 um, because I I just don't see a result in this match in which there's going to be like a high-scoring game. I don't see that anywhere in kind of the range of outcomes. And because midfielders are going to be really influential, that tells me that this game is going to be limited in terms of big chances. Um, So I like the fact that you get a lot of, 1020 wins either direction in this, um, which I think is right or right about you know the vast majority of ranges of outcome. Yeah, I I wrote down the under uh 2.5 at plus 100. I wrote down the both score no at plus 115, and then I decided to uh, strap one on and really go after it and go for the Arsenal clean sheet win at plus 260. So I don't think it's going to be either direction. Uh, I think if you're going to cash the both score to no bet, it's going to be on the Tottenham side. I think Arsenal will get on the sheet and to be able to get that up to plus 260. Uh, I wish it was like a little higher, like in the 280 to 300 range, but you got to take what they give you. And I feel great about that. It's such a high number. Yeah. No, I mean, kind of boring on the last one here to agree after all the passion in this podcast, but I think we're on the same page with this, this match. Oh, uh, deep down. You agree with me that Chelsea's garbage. You just are too nice to say it to my face. You'll say it behind I, my back. I, you, know, you don't, you don't kick your boy when he's down. You're my guy. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not like <laughs> malicious. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I am sometimes, but just <laughs> you kicked me pretty good in December, Brett, at the five pine. I will say that you put up a perfect week to close out December uh, to nick me 4642 in that month, which means both of us had absolutely huge months. Yeah, and now impressive. Uh, but that perfect week closed it out. I was, that was a joy to watch. Um, but now for the year after that huge December, I am plus 15 units on the year and you are plus 23. So basically if you're betting the port, the covered in glory portfolio, uh, you're way outperforming this horrible stock market. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's what you should do, but I'm not, not saying it either. Uh, let's see if we can do just as well in 2023 as we start out in January. It's good for me. I'm going to need to keep up this hot streak. Cause I'm probably going to need to spend chip in for Chelsea to spend another $70 million on some sh- Ed who can't score. Sorry, meatballs. You're going to have to 
bleep that out. Oh, every one of the Chelsea strikers should have to wear number two going forward. Um, all right. I, I, I can't, I can't stop talking about how terrible we are, uh, which is why you're not actually going to see them on my five pint because I cannot be rational about the Chelsea palace match this week. And I take this seriously. So I stuck to the other three matches, my favorite bets for Jan for us to start out in January, Brett, our city minus 125 on the money line to win. City win and both score at plus 240, which I know you like as well. It might be coming right back at me. Uh, Arsenal plus 114 on the money line. Arsenal clean sheet win plus 260. And the uh, Salah anytime goal scorer at plus 160 to round it out. Yeah, uh, we're going to have a couple of copycats here, but um, I am going to bet the Chelsea match. I think the Chelsea Palace. Uh, draw at plus 270 uh, for one pint was worth the value. Uh, City to win and both to score plus 240 would be another one. Uh, Liverpool to win. Uh, I don't know why I continue to have faith in betting them, but they they have paid off for me. So uh, Liverpool to win plus 108 at one pint. Uh, Arsenal plus 114. I mean, that's I like like we said, I think we're going to I think there's going to be a lot of anti Spurs bets still coming for me in the last next few weeks, no matter what happens. And then uh, the both to score and then match. No, at plus 115 for one more pint. So those are my five. Hopefully I don't have the same drop off after I had a hot end of last year and then like didn't hit a bet for like the first <laughs> two months Sweet. last year. <laughs> so hopefully these bets get me started in the right direction. Yeah, file this away for next year. Brett is literally like something plus 30 or plus 40 uh, units during the month of December over the last two years. So you want to have something, a merry something Christmas. Something must start, happen. Yeah. yeah, start betting him December 1st and start fading him as soon as the ball drops. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we are glad to be back. Um, glad to have survived Vegas. Glad to have met so many of you guys. Thanks again for those that came out. Uh, thanks in advance for those that will come out next time. This is a hell of a time to be a Premier League fan. We have great matchups this week, and I peeked ahead. We have another yeah, great another set great, of yeah. matchups next week. So a lot of heavyweight clashes. Still, because of the World Cup, we're not even at the halfway point. We're just now hitting the halfway point of the so season. Weird. So a long way to go for Chelsea to fall to relegation and uh, everybody else to keep rising up the table. Everton um, and Chelsea, right. baby, in the championship next year. Let's do it. <laughs> Can't wait for those cold Tuesday nights. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I got to go. So thank you, everyone. We will see you next week for our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Take care, y'all.